The views and opinions expressed by the guests do not Sorry, take two. The views and opinions expressed by the guests do not... Sorry, take three. Hindi mo kailangan maging mabilis, ba't ginagawa lang mabilis to sa part na to ng show? The views and opinions expressed by the guests do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of the host. Furthermore, the views and opinions of the host do not necessarily represent the J. Aruga Show pa. Teka, sino nagsulat nito? Ako lang naman yung host tsaka sa akin nakapangalan yung podcast. Okay, whatever. On to the show. Bethany Mandel is the author of the new book together with Carol Markowitz from Daily Wire Publishing. The title of the book is Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. She's our guest at this week's The Jay Aruga Show. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Jay Aruga Show, the first conservative podcast in the Philippines where we help you defend life, marriage, and the family and our children from being stolen by this radical culture that's taking over the world. Our next guest is a widely published writer and editor. She writes about parenting and family life. She had a book released recently entitled Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and indoctrinating a generation with co-author Carol Markowitz. She's also a mom and a wife, which I think is one of the most important roles in her life. Please welcome Bethany Mandel. Hi, Bethany. Thanks for being Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hey, I, I know you're busy so <laughs> with the kids and work, so thanks, really. Yeah. How's everything on your side of the planet uh, now that we entered the most holy of holy months of June? <laughs> of June, yes, it's a very holy month. Uh, things are good. Things are good. I really can't complain. It's beautiful weather here. Mm-hmm. To those who don't know you, can you give us a brief background of yourself? Um, when I look at your wiki page, it says you're a conservative American columnist and political cultural commentator were you always conservative or was it a journey oh that's so funny i i forgot that i had a wikipedia page (laughs) i'll have to check what it says Um, i'm always afraid to look at it um yeah i haven't always been conservative so my mom i was raised by a single mother and my mom was very liberal and i sort of grew up mirroring mirroring her beliefs Mm -hmm. as you do Mm -hmm. um and then in college i sort of um was red pilled a little bit. Mm. Um, a lot of small things that sort of built into like, oh, I actually, my belief system already has uh, a name and it's conservatism, mm-hmm. but that's weird because Republicans are evil. Mm-hmm. But I guess I am one now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That, that's good to know. <laughs> so so what, what made you and Carol write the book Stolen Youth? What, what's the last straw moment for you guys? Yeah, so we were thinking about writing a book for a long time. And over the course of COVID, we sort of saw how politicized um, childhood became. And we saw that it was an acceleration of a trend 
Um, and it was really disturbing. We were seeing how kids were being used as political pawns and that, uh, and that it, was, um, it was part of a movement to, um, to indoctrinate children and sort of steal their innocence. What are the challenges in releasing this book, especially from, from the left? Uh, what are the challenges that you, you faced? So a lot of publishers, I, we we had a literary agent who's one of the top literary agents um, in this space, if not the top, honestly. Mm. And um, we had a really strong book proposal and we went shopping it to different American publishers. And we were told numerous times, um, so we went to auction and we had three and a half interested parties. Three of them were solidly interested. One of them mm. wanted to make significant changes, but was interested if we would make those significant changes. Mm. Um, and on the day of auction, uh, all, th all three pulled out mm. and they all said, you know, we're afraid of the climate right now. We're afraid that um, if we publish this, the fact that so much of it talks about transgender, transgender issues as it relates to children, mm. um, we've, we saw what happened to other books that hit this subject area um, with big tech, with Amazon, with Target. Um, and we're afraid that we're not going to be able to sell this book because there won't be a market like a physical marketplace if Amazon won't sell our book, um, which is the major publisher here in America for books. So we um, we shelved it for several months. Um, we shelved it for several months and then we decided um, we decided that, you know, we're not going to publish a book that we don't want to even read. No. Yes. And so um, at that point, our uh, our Daily Wire publisher approached us because they had heard through the literary grapevine that our book project existed and that it was yet unsold. And they said, we want it. We wow. we are only care. We only care about selling books. We don't care about um, we don't care about a woke mafia <laughs> who come at us outraged that we're daring to publish a book like this. Uh, and a lot of the big publishers were afraid of that. They were afraid of uh, internal uh, mutiny, basically, mm. within their publishing companies if they published our book. I'd like to say that I'm happy that Daily Wire took the book and they published it because, yeah. because I, I love the book. It's well, de the details are there uh, about this whole thing. So I love reading the book and I'm glad that it was out there. Before we continue talking more about the book, there was a time when you were attacked by the left or seemingly seemingly not able to give the meaning of the word woke. Uh, what really happened here, yeah. Bethany? Yeah, so I was sitting in this chair. <laughs> okay. Um I was I was six weeks postpartum uh -huh. and um and hadn't slept in four days. Hmm. And right before we started taping um i heard the host on a hot mic talking about how she hated parents so i was a little on my heels Ooh. and uh not not fast mm. on my reflexes and so i just sort of had one of those deer in the headlight freeze moments mm. um but if you watch the video uh if you watch the video you'll hear me actually give a definition I know, I know. <laughs> um it just it just took a minute yeah yeah yeah, and they, 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 you know how they, they work. They, they just take the. Yes. The. And I and I I saw that happening in my brain mm. as it was happening. I was like, oh, and I say it in the clip. I was like, oh, this is gonna be one of those moments that goes viral because I knew I was like, I am giving the left ammunition right now, mm. and it was very, it was very frustrating. Yeah, you know, you've worked yeah. so hard on a book, and then 
you know, 15 seconds defines the, the, all of that work. Yeah. They make it the only thing that defined the the book. It was very yeah. frustrating. So anyway, what is woke, <laughs> if I may ask you? And now with the baby. What, what, now, is, what is the definition yeah, of woke? Now, now with the baby yeah. around you. So so that's a yeah. more challenging way to answer it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I had my nine-year-old take my toddler, so I was like, I can't. Okay. There's, there's limits to what I can do here. Um, so, I mean, the definition of woke, I mean, it's funny because... It is a very complex term, and that's why we spent an entire chapter on it. Mm. Um, but if I were to succinctly give you a definition, it's cultural Marxism. It's the idea mm. that our society is built on a system of oppressor versus oppressed. And your identity as an oppressor or an oppressed individual is predicated upon different identities that you might have, whether they be racial or gender or sexual orientation. Um, and uh, and and all of that is sort of building a system in which um, we have to right these wrongs and um, and make our 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 nation and our culture and our society mm. more just. Mm. Um, and so it's sort of this idea of like real communism has never been tried before. Like let's just rebuild everything from the ground up mm. because there's something rotten at the core. There's something rotten at the foundation. And so we're ripping everything out. I mean, that's the hope anyway, mm. by from the foundation on up. And so, you know, foundation mm. is like, what is a man? What is a woman all the way on up? Um, and I, that's a question that they can't answer. Mm. They, you know, mm. I can't answer in 15 seconds on zero days sleep, <laughs> what is woke, but I, Matt Walsh with the Daily Wire published an entire documentary, What is a Woman, with many more seconds of time. <laughs> and and no one could define it on their end. But, you know, I'm the one that goes viral, of course. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about one of the chapters of the book, Kids Shows. Because some of the stuff that happened in the U.S., especially the ones, let's say, involving George Floyd and the BLM, don't yeah. affect don't affect us here directly but with tv shows and movies they they get because all of that is outsourced yeah, to you yeah, right yeah. 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 tv shows and movies they get here almost instantly so you began the chapter of the book on the issue with disney so can you tell us yeah what's the deal there with disney especially during the time when the so-called don't say gay bill in florida was the right. big issue Right. So a lot of these um, different uh, companies are are based in very f blue, very progressive, very woke areas. Mm. And they are woke by sort of um, by default. Oh. Um, the arts is very far left, has always been very far left. Um, but this but wokeness goes a step farther than just progressive and liberal like it is it is truly like another yeah. another plane of existence uh -huh. where it leaves it actually leaves a lot of liberals behind um and in order to sort of maintain good standing in these agents in these agencies and in this industry you have to espouse certain beliefs that are woke oh. um and so in the case of disney um disney has several different um, sort of headquarters. There's Disneyland and their creatives, which are all Los Angeles based. Mm. And then they have Disney World, which is in Florida. And it's their their main amusement park. Mm. And Florida 
uh, Florida had passed a bill saying you can't talk about sex and sexuality with children fifth grade and under. And Disney was aghast um, and sort of clutching their pearls because Mm. the media framing of that bill was that they was don't say gay, that Mm. you're not allowed Mm. to talk about homosexuality with children well the reality is you just can't talk about sexuality General, with children yeah. hetero or homo yeah. or any any variation thereof yeah. um and so when this when the go the the bill that was passed which they called don't say gay mm. um it, it the reality wasn't that it talked about not being allowed to talk about homosexuality with children it's just that you can't talk about human sexuality with children fifth grade and under, which I don't, I don't think is a controversial position. And and most people don't think that that's controversial. Mm. Um, So the Disney sort of upper echelons decided like, we're going to take a stand Mm. We're we are going to stand up and say, this is wrong. And we're going to use our, our sort of corporate power in order to stand up against Florida. And what was interesting was that for the first time, a, a politician was like, no, no, I'm not going to be pushed around by a corporation. And so it's this really interesting sort of flip in um, in narrative where yeah. it used to be that liberals were against sort of big corporations. <laughs> and now big corporations are the ones who are pushing all of this. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just wrote a piece for The Spectator magazine that's coming out next month. And there's a show that's being held at the Kennedy Center, which is publicly funded mm. here in Washington. It's it's a like theater. And the um, the show is called 1776. And it's about like transgender and non-binary mm. people in the American mm. found like the American founding Ooh. fathers in 1776. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even like historical fiction. It's just straight fiction. Yeah. Um, but it's being sponsored by a company called Altria, which owns Big Tobacco. Philip Morris. And so now we see that this narrative of progressivism is being propped up by corporations like Big Tobacco. (laughs) (laughs) And these are their bedfellows. And so there's this really powerful um, ideology at play um, on the left, and it's being buttressed by corporate America. It's weird. I I read Vivek Ramaswamy's book, Woke Inc. And yes, and there's so much of that in there with the CEI scores and everything. Yes, yes. yes. And that's something that a lot of people don't know. Like, why is Target doing this? And why why are all of these corporations doing this? What do they gain? Because of their CEI scores. Yeah, yeah. We're going to the U.S. in July, my wife and three kids. And I planned on bringing them to Disney. But upon second thought, I changed my plans because I mean yeah. I I don't even know who you are but I promise you you can't afford it. Yeah. It is yeah. so insanely That's expensive. one. That's one. I brought my kids. Yeah. I brought my kids and never again. I'm just like it is someone I when we brought our kids someone was wearing a t-shirt most expensive day ever oh. and I'm like mm, yes. <laughs> yeah that's, yes this is the most expensive day ever. So that's one reason and the second is is it still worth it? I don't know what like annoying woke no. stuff I'll encounter there. No, I, honestly, like there is some stuff mm. like in the gift shop, it's all rainbows, mm. um, like pride rainbows, but it's just not, it's just not worth it yeah. in general. Yeah. Like it's hot, it's crowded. The lines mm. are long. Um, 
I, I mean, and this is part of the problem with Disney too. And, you know, I make, I make this point in Stolen Youth that mm. when you focus on political ideology, um, you're taking time, you're taking your time and attention away from creating great art. Mm. And in the case of Disney World, it's all, it's all in the same ecosystem. When you're spending all this time making sure you're hitting all of these DEI checkpoints, you are taking time away from making a great experience. Mm, mm. Um, I, I, I was, so I've been there twice actually in the last year. It was sort of a, I was randomly there for a work conference alone, mm-hmm. which is mm. like never, or I think I had my baby with mm-hmm. me. Um, and I, I just spent a day at Epcot and this is South Florida and it was May mm. like two years mm. ago. And, um, and I was wearing the baby and I hadn't planned on being there that day. I planned on being at a work conference all day long. And so I didn't have sunscreen mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. or the baby. Mm-hmm. And so I walked into a shop and I was like, do you have sunscreen? They're like, no, sorry, we're sold out. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> really? And it used to be, and I was with a friend who she's been going to Disney world her entire life. And she's, she has like a lifetime pass. Like she's, she's committed. She's very oh, into yeah. Disney. And she said, it used to be that if you went into a store and they didn't have sunscreen, which is like a medical need, you could they would call uh, guest services or they would call the first aid clinic and say, can you bring some over for this guest? Because we can't let them get sun sunburn, especially with, you know, if, however old he was, mm. 10 months old or something. Um, and sh- and we went into every store and no one had sunscreen and no one had ha- baby hats and there was like no no attempt to and she was just like yeah this like sort of mm. laziness and yeah. poor guest services is not what disney used to yeah. be about yeah. it used to be like bending over backwards to make this an excellent guest experience um and so you know Dis- disney's losing its um it's spark mm, in a mm, lot of ways. Mm. And and I think that we're seeing that in the movies that they're making. And I think we're also seeing that at Disney world itself. Yeah. It's, it's sad. Uh, and when you're spending that kind of money, by the way. Yeah. You, you, you expect good quality and uh, yeah. And I, I'm happy that you, you, you mentioned that the quality dipped <laughs> because uh, at least I, I wouldn't be guilty of not bringing my kids now to Disney no. world. Uh, don't. I mean, it's just not worth like the amount of money that you would spend. Mm. It's it's not worth it, honestly. Like totally outside of the politics. It's just yeah, not worth yeah. It. I I I went to Disney the first time uh, when I 18 years ago, and I was already working during that time, and, and I, I saw the prices of Disney go up rapidly since then because there was a point where when it was yeah. affordable. Um, I I actually remember crying watching the parade 18 years ago because I used to dream of going to Disneyland as a child here yeah, here in the Philippines yeah. and I wanted my kids to experience the same thing that I experienced before the, the magic the magic doesn't exist anymore yeah, yeah. I mean it's just sad that it's yeah it's so packed it's so hot it's so miserable like yeah I'm not a fan yeah yeah anyway how how do we respond when we oppose to these woke stuff on on kids shows without without be, without being called a bigot because i asked this because recently mcdonald's philippines released an advertisement with two young lesbians in it and when we emailed mcdonald's their response is uh, we're just being inclusive 
So all these DAI buzzwords, they seem like it's they, they made the response from chat GPT. So how do we voice out our opposition? Because the, the ad is seen all around the internet here in the Philippines by even by kids. Yeah. So I mean I think that we're seeing the, the playbook play out with Bud Light and Target. You have you have to you have to vote with your with your dollars and no more McDonald's. And um and, and I think that you also have to verbalize to these companies, um, this is why. I'm not going to, to mm, McDonald's mm, this month. Mm. Um, they have to hear from people. They have to hear that this is impacting their bottom line. Um, I, I don't know what it's what it's like for you guys there, but there's also a question of like fiduciary responsibility to shareholders. What kind of fiduciary responsibility do the McDonald's does the McDonald's Corporation in the Philippines have to its shareholders? Because if they are making business decisions that impact the bottom line, that then impact shareholders bottom line mm-hmm. i am I'm, I'm curious i i don't know yeah, the laws yeah, yeah. in the philippines about that but um but if they're if they're making poor decisions mm. I, I, they, they should hear yeah about yeah it. i i called for a mcdonald's boycott in conservative group, groups in the philippines I, I don't think we can have the same Good. success like the one you have there for bud light and target uh like uh, and disney which has been affected in the box office uh yeah, but we'll try because the the thing about the Philippines is the wokeness is still it's still in its infancy and yes, and you you have to get it. Yeah, yeah, we, I I you have to nip that in the bud. Yeah, I I, I I'm sounding the alarm because there's a slippery slope that's sure mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah, and and it's like a ninety degree drop. Yeah, yeah, that slope. Yeah, so so does the success of the Bud Light and Target boycott in America proved that the large part of America is not for this woke stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I think especially Bud Light. I mean, the, the thing is, you, you they have to understand who their market mm. is. Mm. And the market, the person in charge of marketing at Bud absolutely did not understand who their, who their market was. Um, and so I, the Philippines as well, like mm. with, with McDonald's, I would assume that it's mostly people with children yeah. who are who are buying McDonald's, mm. um, and I, I, my understanding of the Philippines, which is limited, and I apologize, oh, but sorry. my understanding sorry. is that you're a pretty conservative we, country. We are, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm. I mean, I, I think that I think that you're you you have to be comfortable flexing mm. that financial muscle, um, and and getting the word out. Um, and it, I I think the difference with with these boycotts with Bud and Target is that under the regime of Elon Musk, um, we can sort of get the word out about um, about boycotts and they're not being smothered from the top mm. uh, the way that it was in the past when there was different ownership of, of Twitter. Mm-hmm. One of the most concerning parts I read in the book is the grip of wokeness in the field of medicine. So at first... I thought yeah. this field would never be overrun by wokeness, especially those who push the trans agenda because doctors will always affirm biology. But we're yeah. we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, science is science. I mean, people here have that on their lawn signs. Like uh-huh. science is like their their god. Uh-huh. It's not it's not Jesus. Uh-huh. 
science. So one would think that they would, you know, trust the science of biology and um, and uh, anatomy, all of these things, uh, genetics, um, and they've completely abandoned it for this like sort of imaginary sort of classification of gender that is ever evolving and ever changing. Um, it's and I think a lot of it. Um, and, and this was a lesson from COVID as well as cowardice. Mm. There is a very, very loud, angry um, minority of, of people who are trying to and are successfully doing so silence everyone else into going along with it and, and accusing them, you know, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a this, you're a that, you're a transphobe, if you don't go it along. And I think the vast mm. majority of people don't like being called a bigot, don't like being called a phobe mm -hmm. of some kind. Yeah. And so they go along with it because they assume, what's the harm? Mm. What's the harm? I'll just go along with this. I'll go along with this. And they're not hearing what the harm is. And I think that we're starting to get that message across as conservatives. Mm. Like, what is the harm? First of all, truth is the ultimate sort oh, of yeah. that. That's what that's what we need to mm. put our faith in is the truth. But what is the harm? The harm is what we're doing to children, um, genetically, emotionally, mentally. And that, that was, that was the point of the book. Mm. And that was the point of the chapter, like answering the question, what is the harm? This is the harm to children. Yeah. This is, this is what we're doing to kids. Um, and so I think that we need to, we need to arm people with the bravery to stand up athwart all of this and say, there is harm. And, mm. um, and this is, this is based on nonsense, but we also have to understand that the majority of people, I would even say the vast majority mm. of people, even though they don't agree with it, they're not brave enough to stand up. They're not brave enough to say, I'm not going to do this DEI training with HR, or I'm not going to put my pronouns in my bio. They'll just do it because they think it's just being nice and inclusive. And who doesn't want to be nice and inclusive? I want to be nice and inclusive, mm. but this is not nice. This is not inclusive. Um, pretending that, uh, gender and and gender identity is uh, malleable is not nice. Uh, it's not nice to children who don't have gender identities, but it's also or a gender quite sort of gender dysphoria. Oh, but it's oh. also not nice to children who do have gender dysphoria. Mm. And if you think about different forms of gender dys or different kinds of body dysmorphia, whether they are based on weight um, or if you think about mental illness of other kinds like schizophrenia, we would never tell a schizophrenic, yes, you are hearing voices. Mm -hmm. And we would never mm -hmm. tell an anorexic, yes, you are fat. We would say, this is a trick of your mind that is causing you harm. And we would not affirm that. So if we're not affirming those harms, I'm not sure why we're affirming these. Yeah. And it's weird because uh, you mentioned that uh, people who worship science especially the atheist, <laughs> they, they should be the yes. first one to be skeptic about these things. Mm -hmm. But yet, yep. they, they seem to be the first one who bended the knee. And they, they, it's only yeah. until recently that one by one, the, the atheists were realizing the mistakes. Uh, it's just recently when Richard Dawkins, for example, mm -hmm. talked about yeah. the gender ideology. Bethany, we, we've come to the end of the episode there's so much from the book we haven't discussed uh yes I, and i i wish we could talk forever and i'm sorry about fine. all the disruptions and i hope that your i hope that your editing skills are really <laughs> and so if, 
if your listeners don't hear all of the disruptions, yes. know that Jay is a top-notch editor. Yeah, thank for whoever you're editing. I, I, your producer I, is fantastic. I urge the audience to to grab a copy of the book Stolen Youth by yourself, Bethany Mandel and Carol Markowitz. I I guess my final question is how do we maybe two part? How do we filter these stuff to the kids for uh for for them to like live a good life? And how do yeah more more innocent yeah life, more yeah. innocent life and how do we fight back? Yeah, so I think that my answer to those questions is the same. Actually, um, there is so much media that was produced prior to this craziness. Mm. Really, the crazy started, I would say, like five to ten years ago, depending uh -huh. on on the sort of it, it accelerated in the last five years but it started 10 years ago mm. there's a lot of mu movies a lot of tv shows a lot of books that existed prior to this mm. and because y'all are just seeing this happen in its infancy mm. uh, you have to not go to the movies mm. Mm. you have to not buy those mcdonald's products mm. and express to the companies this is why mm. um host you know If, if you guys start doing drag queen story mm. hour, which I hope that you don't. Um, Not yet. The, one of my least. favorite. <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorite quotes is from my friend, Ali Beth Stucky, mm. raise a respectful ruckus. Um, you know, mm. this, mm. this it, it, drag queen story hour used to be very fringe and it was a joke. It's not a joke anymore. Mm. It's happening all across the country in public schools, in Christian sc Ooh. schools oh, that call yeah, themselves yeah, Christian, yeah. I should say. <laughs> I mean, you name it. It's public libraries, public parks. Um, and so you really have to every, you cannot give an inch to these people and you cannot mm. give them your money and you cannot give them mm. your children's innocence and attention because um, they they will use and abuse it. Mm. At some point, it's it became easy to boycott them because the quality that they're releasing yes, are yes. bad when every minute you spend on wokeness is a minute that you're not spending on quality yeah. whether it's education yeah. or entertainment yeah yeah and i i think the left figured out that they're not having kids like from from the environmentalist who who hate humans that's why they don't procreate yes. to the feminist who hate motherhood to to yep. to to the persons who identify as LGBT who who can't have kids, the lesbians and gays, yep. to to the transgenders who who mutilated their bodies sadly. So so that's why they're desperate. And yep. they're they're trying The only way to perpetuate their ideology is to, to, get, get, is to our get our kids. Kids. Yeah. Yep. Hey, hey, Bethany, thanks for your time and for the work that you do. Yeah, thank you. Everyone, please grab a copy of Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation by Bethany Mandel and Carol Markowitz. Bethany, please invite the audience to your work and how can we follow you on social media? Yeah, so I am everywhere on social media. Uh, my first and middle name, mm. Bethany Shondark on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Substack. And I mm. also have a new Substack called Write Books for Kids. Mm. And it's the number four, writebooksforkids.substack.com. Um, and I'll be talking about education and um, homeschooling there with a girlfriend of mine. All right. Thanks, Bethany. This has been Thank you. another episode of the JR Show. At the end of the day, it will be night. Goodbye. <laughs>